This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Well, a happy Friday, and I'm glad to be back uh, after a couple of weeks off with COVID. Back on the air here on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. Welcome in. Kira, did you miss being in the studio with me for two weeks? I did. Oh, it's very nice I of you. I missed it very much. First week, uh, COVID running... I mean, just kicking my ass. I got, I tested positive for the first time on Valentine's Day. Aww, so that was a really a fun gift. I know, what a great Valentine's Day for my wife, right? That was two weeks ago. And then <laughs> I tested positive four or five days later, and then two days later, so three times in seven days, and didn't start feeling well until, you know, about, a, I think last Saturday. Because you would text me, are we going to do Wicket's World here last Friday? And I'm like, well, no, because <laughs> I still, because then after I got it, then my wife got it. Obviously, that happens, even though I was quarantined for a week and she was negative six days in a row. Wow. Then it started to hit her. Then she got the fever. Then she got the fatigue. Then, then it hit her for a week. So we had like, at one point I was doing, I do the morning show on Laser 103.3, the rock station here in town. That's my full-time job. And I would do the show from my studio, which is in our closet. And then I would get done on the air and just go lay next to her in bed because <laughs> we were both quarantined. Such a love story. Aww. Quarantined together. Uh, but glad to be back. Happy to be here. There is so much to talk about. I know I say that every week. And usually it's like two or three things that I really want to hammer uh, here on ESPN Des Moines. But there are about ten different topics to get into. And I hope I have time for them all. Quick programming note, Drake fans. Uh, Drake and Southern Illinois coming up tonight. Arch Madness going on the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament uh, as they will take on the Salukis. 8 o'clock for the broadcast or 8 o'clock for the tip? Uh, broadcast. Michael Admire at uh, 8 o'clock has the, ki- uh, the tip of the game at 8.30. Tomorrow, should Drake men win, they'll play at 5 o'clock, 4.30 broadcast against the winner of Missouri State and Valpo. Meanwhile, earlier in the day, wake up early. We've got an 11.30 game for you, the Drake women taking on Indiana State in the women's. They're not even in the tournament yet. This is still the regular season before they get to their arch madness. And then the men's championship game could feature Drake on Sunday, maybe. <laughs> so, we, and, and I know this. Sunday, Saturday night, we'll have Golden State and the Lakers from ESPN Radio. Regardless, we'll either have the full broadcast or a joined-in-progress broadcast. And then we might have some NBA on Sunday, but that's so far down the road who cares? College basketball, front and center. You know, tomorrow, they've been talking a lot about this game on ESPN Radio here all day. You got Duke and Carolina, the final game for Mike Krzyzewski against the arch rivals, which is so cool. It's so nostalgic. If you're a college basketball fan and you've grown up in the era of when Duke was great or has been great, and they've been up and down. I think they won their first outright ACC title for the first time in like 11 years, which is crazy to think about. It's Duke. You know, Duke is a shoe-in. Duke's like Kansas. You know, you just you pencil them in for at least a share of the conference title. Uh, but they, I think, won their first one this week for the first time since 2010 or 2011. So Duke and Carolina tomorrow, college basketball. Of course, all the conference tournaments getting underway next week. The big boys, you got uh, Iowa State and Baylor on Saturday. That's tomorrow, the last regular season game. And then Iowa and Illinois I can't believe Selection Sunday is, what, eight days away? Is that right? Eight days, nine days away? Whatever that is. That's crazy to me. Am I right on that? Yeah, I think so. 
I think I'm right on that. Make sure before I, because uh, this college basketball season has absolutely flown by. And I, and I know what they always say. Can you believe it's already March? Yeah. Yeah, this is the last game of the, the regular season. Can you believe it's already March? No. And I lost two weeks of February <laughs> because of COVID. I was stuck in my house, mostly in my bedroom, with COVID crushing billions. The, the show on Showtime. That's all I watched for like <laughs> seven days. The college basketball is here. Uh, also here is the NFL Combine. And I, and I don't know precisely where I stand on this. Do we have a ruler in here? Do I, why would we? I know. No. <laughs> I'd like to measure my hand and see, oh my God. and see if I would be a good NFL quarterback. If you missed it, you know, this year's quarterback class, nothing like last year's quarterback class. You know, this last year was Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and Mac Jones. Five guys who win in the first, what, 15 picks of last year's NFL draft. Lawrence goes number one. Zach Wilson goes two. Trey Lance goes three. The Niners mortgage some of their future to, to move up and get Trey Lance. Justin Fields is the quarterback of the future for the Bears. Mac Jones had a good rookie year for New England. A lot of people blown away by the start that Mac Jones has had to his career. Fast forward this year. Draft class ain't so great for the quarterback spot. Happens all the time. This year, a lot of good edge rushers. Last year, loaded wide receiving class. This year, the quarterback class is meh. And one guy who people are talking about that could be the best of them all is the guy that got a lot of Heisman hope and hype. And that's Kenny Pickett, who went to, uh, to Pittsburgh. And, there was, and, and if you're a draft nerd, now is your time to shine. But even during the college football season, if you love college football, they're always talking about which quarterback is going to go first in the NFL draft? I think in a couple of years, you're looking at Bryce Young. You're looking at C.J. Stroud. You're looking at those, those two dudes, and you're like, that, those guys are going to be great. But, but Kenny Pickett was getting nitpicked, for lack of a better term, for his hand size all year. He can put up good numbers. Heisman, you know, hopeful at Pitt. But people were talking about his hand size as far back as I can remember. Hearing the name Kenny Pickett, always associating it with tiny hands and small hands matter all right and i know there are jokes to be made here but tiny hands are not good when it comes to a football uh if you've ever shaken brett Favre's hand or seen brett Favre's hand it's massive it's like a bear paw and quarterbacks with bigger hands can grip the ball better you don't want it to be too big like Shaq with a basketball i mean that was that, that that's not what i'm talking about but you want him to be able to grip a football, especially when it's wet, especially when it's cold, and it has that coating on it. And there's a lot of talk about Kenny Pickett, who played at Pitt, going to the Steelers. Pittsburgh kid playing for Pittsburgh in front of the hometown fans. And one of the factors you have to play and you have to take a look at is hand size. Some people think this conversation is ridiculous. Some people think it's absolutely legit. Well, Kenny Pickett officially has eight and a half inch hands. They measure from the tip of your pinky. All right. All right. Everybody do this in your car or at home. The tip of your pinky to the tip of your thumb. They go across. That's how they measure hand size. So that's it right there. And he's, obviously his throwing hand is the one that matters. And it measured eight and a half inches. Generally speaking, the threshold is nine inches. That's the smallest you want your hand size to be. 
So all of the worry about Kenny Pickett's hand size, are they going to measure too small, actually came to fruition. He was asked about that this week at the Combine. No, I mean, it is what it is. I think the, the media runs with it a little more than, you know, I'd, I'd say NFL teams do. There really wasn't much talk about that and all the formal interviews and the informal interviews that I've had so far this week. Um, so it is what it is. I mean, I would imagine someone asked him about it. I would imagine they've watched film on it, seen they've seen how his, his, his hand grips the football. He wears two gloves, I think, most of the time when he plays. You know, to get that extra grip, which is smart. I don't know if that's going to translate to the NFL. You don't see a ton of guys wearing gloves in the NFL. Ben Roethlisberger did, uh, had a, a Hall of Fame career, Pittsburgh. But then there's guys like Todd McShay, you know, one of the, the, the draft analysts from ESPN. And he brings up some really, really good points when breaking down Kenny Pickett's hands. Well, first of all, just for context, there hasn't been a quarterback in the NFL who's had sustained success going back to Michael Vick with under nine inches in terms of the hand span. You measure from the, the pinky to the to the thumb. And, and the reason I say that is there, there have been dozens and dozens of guys who have been under that nine-inch mark. And Joe Burrow, listen, he had nine inches, and he had great success, obviously. So and we're talking about a half of an inch, I understand. But then what do you see on tape? You see the 22 fumbles. You see the issues in the North Carolina game in the rain. You see the second day of practice at the at Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl, and he struggled more than any other quarterback there. Kenny Pickett bombed the Senior Bowl. And I don't know how well he's done at the Combine yet. I don't know exactly everything that Kenny Pickett is doing at the Combine yet. He'll have his own personal day when the conditions will be right and whatever can be best for Kenny Pickett and he can look the best. Everybody does that. It's like a mixtape. I can put together a mixtape of me on the golf course that would make me look like Tiger Woods. But it's the other 100 shots I would take that day that get me to 104, <laughs> all right? That wouldn't look so great on a mixtape. But back to Pickett and this small hands thing. I, I don't put a ton of stock in the combine numbers. Some guys are absolute combine freaks, and they suck on the NFL field. Other guys do average at the combine and go on to be superstars. I mean, it's not like Tom Brady ran a great 40 time. Brady wasn't a great deep ball thrower till he got some schooling in the National Football League. But when you're talking about a quarterback and you're talking about wet conditions and you're talking about cold weather, and if he does go to a cold weather city, let's say it is Pittsburgh, all right? You're talking about playing after Halloween generally, or maybe even a couple weeks before Halloween, half your games when the weather is nasty. And if you can't hold on to the football... If let's say he does have an extra fumble or two every week, whether or not he recovers that or not, that can kill a drive, that can kill a quarter, that can kill a game. All of a sudden, you may go from instead three and two to two and three, just like that, because your quarterback in a rainstorm, even if it's warm, go down to Jacksonville, road game at Jacksonville, or a road game down at Tampa or whatever, and you're playing in wet weather, wherever you are in the country. Is it, how much more difficult is it for a, for a person, for a quarterback, to hold on to a football if their pinky to thumb is a half just It's a half inch. It's, we're not talking about four inches. It's not like his hand came in at seven inches. It's eight and a half versus the standard, which is nine. Mike Vick was eight and a half, as you heard Todd McShay mention there. But Mike Vick was special. Mike Vick's legs, Mike Vick's arm strength, Mike Vick was 
I the Mike Vick experience, one of my favorite Nike ads. Remember that roller coaster commercial? Mike Vick beat Brett Favre at Lambeau in the cold weather in the playoffs. Nobody has ever done that or had ever done that. Is Kenny Pickett special enough to spend a top 10 pick on knowing that his hand is a little smaller than everybody else? Does he do enough else really well to outweigh the size of his hands? We'll find out when the draft happens in Vegas coming up next month. You know, there's the other quarterbacks. There's the Matt Carroll kid uh, from, from Ole Miss who's got the ankle injury. He's been hobbled by that. They're talking about Malik Williams, the kid from uh, uh, Liberty, who's a little bit on the short end. But people see the potential, the explosiveness from the arm. Ran a lot. Is he going to be a top three running quarterback in the National Football League out of the gate? And the, you know, the, the, the mode of Lamar Jackson. Can he be a better pocket passer, stop turning the football over? You take a shot on a kid like that as opposed to Kenny Pickett. Like Malik Williams' ceiling is, Mina Kimes from ESPN said it's the, the universe. It's, his, it's space. It's outer space. I don't think Kenny Pickett's ceiling is that, but I think Kenny Pickett's floor, a.k.a. you're not going to get a horrible floor out of Kenny Pickett. He's going to come in more solid, whereas Malik Williams probably needs a little more schooling. And then there's the kid from Ole Miss, like I said, and somebody may jump up and be the surprise quarterback out of this draft. But those are your big three quarterbacks, and all of the talk is about the size of Kenny Pickett's hands. And they are officially undersized. <laughs> That's where we are at right now. Coming up, speaking of quarterbacks, I, listen, I got to give props to the Washington Commanders. They're doing their due diligence. It's laughable, and I'll tell you about it next. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Wicket's World on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. What's up? I'm Mike Wicket. Happy Friday. Don't forget tonight, Drake and Southern Illinois in the Missouri Valley Conference Men's Tournament. Michael Admire has the call for you, 8.30 for the tip, 8 o'clock pregame here on ESPN Des Moines. If they win, they'll get the winner of Valpo and Missouri State tomorrow night. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll have that one for you, of course, here on your home for the Drake Bulldogs. And then tomorrow morning, Drake women taking on Indiana State at 11.30 in the morning. We'll have that for you as Hunter Phillips gives you the play-by-play. -play. And there's a whole lot of what-ifs. We might have NBA basketball. We might have Drake on Sunday. We... We don't know. <laughs> it's just kind of out there. As uh, This is what happens in March. Like, when, like, I'm partially in charge of the schedule. I'm not really in charge. Danny Bishop's really in charge of this radio station. But I like to pretend like I can help make some decisions here. I have no power. You know that, Kira. Um, <laughs> it's like, at this point of the year, trying to set up a week's worth of broadcast with the NCAA tournament, conference tournaments, everything going on. I know we're carrying a lot of the ACC tournament. So if you want to hear maybe Mike Krzyzewski's last championship in the ACC, we're going to have a lot of the ACC tournament for you starting next week uh, here on ESPN Des Moines. So you're going to get college basketball nonstop here on this radio station. Uh, of course, Iowa State taking on Baylor in Waco tomorrow. And uh, Iowa plays at Illinois on Sunday to wrap up the regular season Big 12 uh, conference tournament. I will imagine, like last year, Iowa State's team sucked. 
They didn't win a conference tournament or a conference game. Uh, obviously, the head coach gets bounced. Ots comes in, and I think the over/under was like three and a half Big Twelve wins. They blew that out of the water by the time we got to the middle of January. I mean, this Iowa State and TJ. If TJ Otzelberger is not your coach of the year, I think there's something wrong. But Iowa State fans, I don't know if they traveled down to Kansas City. I don't even know if they were allowed to fill that building to capacity for the Big 12 championship. Assuming that COVID regulations are, you know, open and free in Kansas City, you are going to have Hilton South. You Iowa State fans are going to head down there. And I, I used to live in Kansas City. And when the Big 12 came to KC, and you were in the Power and Light District down there, and it was, <laughs> it was the Sprint Center, now it's a T-Mobile Center or whatever it is. Man, oh man, like it was, you know, 12 teams, 10 teams out of the Big 12, 10 teams from the Big 12, Half of the fans were Iowa fans, or Iowa State fans. Half of them were Iowa State fans, and Kansas is 50 minutes away. (laughs) (laughs) And and Kansas State was a couple hours away in Manhattan. You know, Lawrence is only about 45, 50 minutes from downtown Kansas City, but half of the fans that were in Kansas City for the Big 12 tournament when I lived down there for four years were all Iowa State fans, and they always won the damn tournament. It's, uh, that Hilton South magic heads down there. It should be a lot of fun. Big 12 is loaded this year. Iowa State's really good. Baylor's really good. Kansas, of course, is really good. Texas is really good. That's going to be a really fun tournament. And then the Big Ten tournament, I don't know what to make of Iowa. I have no idea. If, if you would have told me that after losing Joe Wieskamp and Luca Garza, that Iowa was still going to be a top 25 team, going to pull off some huge wins, could be... Uh, five seed in the NCAA tournament the following year, I would have said you were nuts. Because I don't think, A, Fran McCaffrey's that good of a coach, and B, I thought there was going to be a depleted talent pool. But my, oh my, the Hawks. Where did Keegan Murray come from? And why wasn't he utilized this way? He would have given, and maybe he just hadn't developed at this point, wasn't mature enough. Maybe Fran McCaffrey didn't give him an opportunity to be this good. You're looking, you're looking at a lottery player. You're looking at one of the two guys that most people are talking about for Big Ten Player of the Year. This is after they had the Big Ten Player of the Year in Luka last year. If Keegan played like this last season, they don't get blown out and embarrassed by Oregon in the NCAA tournament. They actually have an athletic option. They were so slow and plodding last year because that's Luka Garza. All you had to do was, was guard Garza last year. And Wieskamp, if he wasn't on fire from the outside, Iowa had a problem scoring. The athleticism of Oregon just sucked the life out of Iowa last year in the tournament. You remember the game. I don't need to keep dwelling on it. But if Keegan Murray is this Keegan Murray a year ago, Iowa may have gotten to France for a Sweet 16. And maybe they'll get there this year. Have no clue. They get Illinois on Sunday in their Big Ten finale, and then the Big Ten tournament starts uh, next week. So back to the NFL. And by the way, we're going to get to some Major League Baseball. As the lockout continues, we lost our first swath of games. You know who loves the Major League Baseball lockout? The NFL. <laughs> the NFL loves this lockout. The NBA loves this lockout. Hell, the NHL loves the lockout. Because nobody's talking about it. Now, granted, they'll love it more come April. You know, because 
Right now, there aren't supposed to be games. Probably some spring training games. But nobody's talking about baseball, especially not in a positive light. But the NFL is loving it because all anybody is talking about. I just spent the first 12 minutes talking about a prospect's hand size. And that's what people are talking about. The draft. Zeke Elliott's free agency, possibly. Amari Cooper's free agency, possibly. All of these, you know, and all the Rodgers drama in Green Bay. Where's, is George Kittle going to get a new contract? Or is that going to get extended? What's going to happen with Matt Ryan? All these NFL storylines, the NFL remains Teflon. It can do no wrong. And even when you're like, baseball, spring, hope springs eternal. No! Now we have a lockout. (laughs) And so we can't even, baseball fans can't even have this. This was supposed to be your season. Winter sucks. Let's go to Arizona. Let's go to Florida, wherever your teams play. And no, now we have a lockout, and everybody is still talking about the National Football League. Especially when stories like what the Washington Commanders did this week. This is not a knock on the Washington Commanders. They're do- It's just a little comical. You know, last year, the biggest offseason move, obviously, Matt Stafford. The big trade between the Rams and the Lions, and it worked out great for L.A. They won the Super Bowl. The Lions will get got a, got a couple of draft picks out of it. They're more of a long-term situation. The Rams get their quarterback. And the Washington football team apparently missed out on the opportunity to make an offer or bring in Matt Stafford. And the, the, the commanders, it's going to get weird to keep calling them the commanders, but the commanders have some talent. Antonio Gibson's a great running back. Scary Terry is a great wide receiver. They have talent at the tight end spot in Logan Thomas. You know they're nasty on defense, or they were two years ago with Chase Young, who's coming off an ACL this year. You know, they're just a quarterback away. And I was a Taylor Heineke guy, but I don't think Taylor Heineke's going to be that guy. And Who knows? If they bring in Matt Stafford last year, maybe the Redskins, football team, commanders, whatever you want to call them, maybe Washington is a different organization right now. So they did what you would expect teams who are desperate at quarterback to do. And that is they called every NFL team to see if their quarterback was available. And I don't know the results of that search. I think Jimmy Garoppolo's name around D.C. is, is, a, is one gaining a lot of traction. But they called the Kansas City Chiefs to ask about the availability of Patrick Mahomes. I don't know... There are several quarterbacks who I would put in the untouchable range. I'll give you four first-round draft picks for Patrick Mahomes. And I, I don't know what the offer was. I have no idea. They may have just been you know, kicking the tires on it. I don't know if I'm trading four first-round draft picks for Patrick Mahomes. Mm-mm. I don't know anything about football. <laughs> and, no. uh, Josh Allen, probably in that category. Joe Burrow is probably in that category. After the year he just had, Herbert in, in L.A. might be in that category. Um, I'd say if I was the Packers and the Broncos come calling for Aaron Rodgers with three first-rounders, I'm probably doing it. And I love Aaron Rodgers on the field. I love the Green Bay Packers. But it's comical, isn't it, that the commanders would call Kansas City. Uh, Coach Andy Reid, hey, it's Ron Rivera. Shot in the dark. Is Patrick Mahomes available? Do you think that he could finish the word available before Andy Reid hung up the phone? 
Do you think that, that or, or Brett Veach, their general manager, do you think he, that it was possible? Because here's why. Here's why you make desperate plays and you shoot your shot. You know, like there's the smoking hot chick at the bar. Guys, you know what I'm talking about. You have no chance because you, you look like a troll. She's a goddess. You probably had two shots of Jägermeister already, three shots of Jäger. But you shoot your shot. And you know what happens? Your ugly friend has the hot girlfriend. You're like, what is that person doing with that person? Look up Mike Zimmer. All right, Mike Zimmer's <coughs> former head coach of the Vikings. Look up Mike Zimmer girlfriend. Mike Zimmer is 65, some along those lines. Kira, you can be judgy as me. I know you're more of a non-judgy person, but I'm okay. here to be judgy. Look at Mike Zimmer's girlfriend. There is a side-by-side -side picture <laughs> of the two of them. She's a swimsuit model. Oh my Mike Zimmer is God. a 65-year-old man. She, she's 30 years younger than he is. But you shoot your shot. I hope <laughs> if they're happy, they're happy. And that's what Ron Rivera was doing because he knows his quarterback spot right now is ugly. And the division, I'm sorry, the Cowboys aren't great. With Dak and Zeke and Mike McCarthy as the head coach and how great Micah Parsons is, the Cowboys are not a great football team. I saw a stat today. The Cowboys have the biggest percentage drop-off from their record in conference to their, or sorry, in division to their record outside of the division because the NFC East sucks. Rivera's defense is good. His wide receiver is good. His running back is good. His tight end is good. His quarterback is ugly. All right? And he is trying to shoot his shot because if you don't have a quarterback in the National Football League, you can't win. It cannot happen. You can't win a Super Bowl without a top 10 quarterback. You can cross off 20 teams in the NFL, 18 teams in the NFL, because they don't have a crazy good playmaker at the quarterback spot. You know, as good as Dallas is and as good as Dak is, I don't think they're a great football team whatsoever. But at least they have Dak. I mean, Philadelphia, Hurts, not there yet. Washington, not there. The Giants, no. All these teams you can cross off because they don't have great quarterbacks. You know, you give me the top 10 quarterbacks in the league, top eight quarterbacks in the league, and I'll give you the field to win the Super Bowl next year. Because that's what it takes. You have to have a Mahomes or when Brady was great or Stafford, who was great this year, Burrow, Aaron Rodgers. I know Garoppolo got there. The dude just wins in the playoffs. But what Washington did this week was literally shooting their shot because their quarterback is ugly. They're the ugly one in your group, all right? Your buddy's sitting around, you know, the dude. He's got no chance, but hey, maybe she finds him attractive, whatever. Maybe three first-round picks and a second-round pick gets Aaron Rodgers or gets Justin Herbert because somebody doesn't like something. It, it just it, it makes absolute sense what they did even though everybody laughed at it. And I understand it. I know why you did it. Because you want, you need to find that next special quarterback. You need to solidify that spot. You put Aaron Rodgers or Herbert or Burrow or Mahomes or Josh Allen, you put the Lamar Jackson, you put the elite quarterbacks on the, on the Washington Commanders, Super Bowl contender. Easy, easy Super Bowl contender. With, with that head coach, that wide receiver, that running back, those tight ends, that defense led by Chase Young, 
that is a Super Bowl contending team. That's the team to win the NFC East. And so right now, they're trying to figure out, who can I get a quarterback? Because it ain't, it ain't going to be Taylor Heineke that gets you a division title. You're not going to be behind Taylor Heineke in the conference championship. You're not going to the Super Bowl with Taylor Heineke. But if you can figure out a way to find, I mean, hell, Kyler Murray's situation in Arizona is one that I'd be picking up the phone and be like, how do I get Kyler Murray, who I, by the way, think is a talented quarterback, hasn't really grown, doesn't display the leadership that a quarterback needs to display, but what is his ceiling? Can I, can I build that? Can I, can I get behind that guy? Can I increase that maturity? Teach him how to lead. I'd get on the phone right there. If he is truly unhappy in Arizona, can I get him? What would it take to get him? Deshaun Watson, elite quarterback. Is he going to be allowed to play with his legal situation? Put Deshaun Watson on Washington. Super Bowl contender, no doubt. Watson to McLaurin would be crazy good. Absolutely insane. So props to, to Washington. You got to do what you got to do. Even though you had no shot. You got to go after the person you think is the most beautiful in the bar. Even though you look in the, in the mirror and you're like, man, I'm a troll. <laughs> All right? That's why you do it. Coming up, more on Kyler Murray. Could he actually switch sports? And speaking of the sport that Kyler Murray might switch to... This is so dumb, and the real losers are you and me. You're listening to Wicket's World on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des ESPN Des Moines, Wicket's World. I'm Mike Wicket. Hello. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Wicket. You can follow us at ESPN DSM. Hello if you're watching on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. So I was just having a quick conversation with uh, our producer, Kira. Kira? Yes, Wicket? Are you a millennial or are you Gen Z? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I should have so asked this 30 minutes ago. I don't know. <laughs> What? I was born in 1995. 95. All right, what's the, let me just look this up. What do you think you are? I think I'm, like, right on the cusp, but I think I'm on the millennial end. Millennials. But I don't. Birth years. No. 81 to 96. Yes, you are okay, a... Okay, cool. You are, we, are the, we are on opposite ends of the millennial spectrum. Great. I am a millennial by four months. Oh. My wife is a millennial by 18 days, and she hates it. <laughs> <laughs> but you are a millennial by a year. Do you care? And I know you're a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Do mm -hmm. you care about the lockout right now? Describe. Oh, okay, I'll give well, you. Okay. Well, okay. Well, I'll give you three choices. Okay. All right. Okay. How do you feel about the lockout? Because I had this poll question go up. How upset are you with the MLB lockout? A. Devastated. B. Mad, but I'm fine. Or C, couldn't care less. Meh, but I'm fine. I have, I would say if you follow me on Twitter at Mike Wicket, two T's, 90% of the people, because I spent a long time in sports talk radio my career, 90% of the people that follow me are sports fans. Okay? Mm -hmm. I think that's fair to say. 12,000, 11,000 followers on Twitter. Most people. Got a couple hundred votes. Didn't get the biggest reach on the, the poll, but that's okay. 
10% of people on my poll, not terribly formal, but whatever, you understand, 10% are devastated. That's a bad sign for Major League Baseball. That is a really bad sign for Major League Baseball. Now, maybe this changes the closer we get to the end of the month when we're supposed to have opening day or the closer we get to April when series are supposed to kick. But the fact that 90% of people that follow me on Twitter that voted in my poll question, and I'm not terribly important, but I just wanted to gauge. 90% are like, eh, but it's okay. Or are watching the NFL and don't care. Are watching the combine. Are watching guys work out in Speedos. Are watching the NFL drafts, you know, all this hype. The NBA, college basketball. There's a lot going on right now. I don't know what the number will be if we go from six missed games to 16 missed games or 26 missed games or if we get to June and we don't have a season yet maybe that number completely changes I don't know Uh, rats people will just have to watch the Stanley Cup instead I mean that season lasts forever (laughs) Um, but I think the NBA loves this I think the NFL loves this I think the NHL loves this I think NASCAR loves this. NASCAR's Daytona 500 numbers and last week's numbers for the Fontana race on TV were crazy through the roof. Nobody misses baseball. You can't talk about baseball on the radio unless you're talking about your team. That's what, the, the pro, One of the big problems for Major League Baseball, it has not evolved to include young people like yourself, Kira, mm-hmm. and, and the next generation below you, the Gen Z generation. Totally somebody said, agreed. somebody put a stat out, Mike Trout, who is arguably a top 20 player in the history of the game and is easily a top five, top three, top two player in Major League Baseball right now, has like 1.9 million followers on social media. Whereas Tyler Hero, who's a good young player for the Miami Heat in the NBA, has 7 million followers on social media. And he's if Tyler Hero walked through the Des Moines Radio Group offices. <laughs> I don't know if anybody would know who he was, but I can damn t- I can damn well guarantee you that if Mike Trout walked through here, who is arguably a, the top ten player in baseball history, nobody would know who he was. Mm. But if you walk uh, Tyler Hero through the basketball arena over at Wells Fargo or whatever, people are going to know who he is. Walk Tyler Hero into a gym. You know, the state tournament going on at the well next week. People will know who he is. Mike Trout could walk in wearing his Los Angeles Angels uniform. And nobody would know who he was. Major League Baseball has an identity issue. Yeah. They do. They're not hitting home with the younger generation. And baseball purists that loves the game and hates change will not like this conversation. And I understand it. I like baseball the way it is. But baseball needs to figure out a way to get Kira, who you are, you, you're a Cardinals fan, mm-hmm. but it's your generation they need to get. They need to make these guys more marketable. They need the game to speed up. This, I was talking to uh, my co-host, Heather. We do the morning show on Laser, and she says the season is so long. It's so long, and the problem is also the game itself is so long. And it, there's... That doesn't bother me, but I understand it bothers you and younger people. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to joke. My entire generation, we all have ADD. (laughs) 
We need something. Phones, screens, clicks, buzzer, buzzers, exactly. likes, exactly, YouTube, though. Facebook. Yeah. We need something that's going to, like, we need something different. We can't just stare at people on bases for four hours or more. And <laughs> I don't know if he's listening right now, but Alex Cohen, love him to death. Uh, calls the games for the Iowa Cubs, mm-hmm. who are still playing, by the way. Minor yes, league, minor league, league is baseball happening. is still being, a, it's still a thing. Um, but man, even like announcers, they're just, it's a lot like golf. <laughs> well, <laughs> see, but you know what, though? I took a call from a guy earlier this week who said he'd rather watch golf on TV than baseball. And he's a millennial, he's a younger millennial. But because golf is like swing, switch camera. Another swing, switch camera. Another mm-hmm. swing. You're up, here's Tiger. Here's Sergio. Here's Phil. Here's whoever. Here's Brooks Kepka. Boom, 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 boom. There's not. I know, I know some people don't like watching golf on TV or don't like golf because they call it boring. But there is nonstop golf action when you watch the Masters. Let's go to 16. Let's go to three. Here's a putt for the tie. Here's a. There is always something going on. Meanwhile, with baseball, it's just a top view of the. It's the pitcher and the catcher and the batter. And then the pitcher shakes off three pitches from the catcher. And then the pitcher steps off the rubber, picks up the rosin bag. There's now a pitch clock. I understand that. Batter steps out. Like they, they, and again, I'm fine with it. But I'm talking from the perspective of young people that this lockout, which, by the way, is making baseball look horrible. You have billionaires who like being billionaires, and I'm never going to deny anybody or tell anybody not to make their money. You have billionaires, and you have millionaires. And the millionaires are like, hey, we want an extra 20 cents. And the billionaires are like, we'll give you two, maybe. And, th- and there's no meeting in the middle. And you know who suffers the most? Us. And it's the small markets that are really holding up this lockout. The Red Sox, the Yankees, Boston, New York, Chicago, these super rich owners with crazy TV contracts... They don't care as much, but it's, it's squads like Kansas City and Milwaukee and, and Tampa that they don't have these mega TV deals, that their little piece of the pie is bigger, albeit money you and I can't comprehend, but they're the ones giving up more of their percentage than the big boys in L.A. and New York and Chicago and the biggest TV markets of them all. And what really sucks is it's never going to come back. Like, you're, there, no one's going to learn their lesson, and all of a sudden a hot dog's going to be 3 bucks as opposed to the six fifty you pay for it when you go to a major league ballpark. That beer's never going to be $3. It's never going to come back. You're the one that's going to have to wind up paying for it. Mm-hmm. You're the one that's going to miss games this year. That trip you take up to Minnesota to go to a Twins game. That trip you take down south to Kansas City to Kauffman Stadium. Maybe you go to Wrigley. Maybe you go to the uh, U.S. Cellular on the south side. You know, wherever your trips are that you go watch your team play, you're the one suffering right now because you're not going to get to watch your team play. And I, I do want to say, <laughs> uh, if we can go back, we circle all the way back yeah. to whether people care or not. Mm-hmm. I do want to say, I don't think I would care if I didn't work here. Because this is my job. Yeah. Sure. So. I understand. Yeah. I get it. You know, we were just talking during the break before we came back. And I know we have to get to one more because I want to talk about what I did last night. But 
I like to think of myself as a sports nut, right? Do this show, been a sports fan my entire life. I couldn't come up with the reigning NL MVP. You had to tell me. I knew who the American League MVP was because Shohei Otani pitched and hit the snot out of the ball. But I had to think. Well, the Braves won the World Series. Freddie Freeman was great, but I don't think Freddie Freeman was an MVP. Was it one of the Dodgers? Was I, it was, I know it wasn't anybody from my Brewers. It wasn't any of the Cubs. They didn't have, I, I didn't realize it. Can you figure it out in your head right now, if you're driving around listening to us or whatever, who is the reigning NL MVP? It's Bryce Harper. I had no idea. Had, I, I mean, I, I, now it makes more sense. But there's a problem with baseball. I can tell you all of the NFL MVPs probably for the last decade rattle them off. The NBA is different because it's always like it's LeBron, it's been Giannis the last couple of years, it's LeBron, it's, it's, it's Jokic. But the NBA does a really good job of getting their stars and their product in front of you, and it's a national game. The NFL is a national game. People are going to set huge ratings numbers for watching names get read off cards. That's what the NFL draft is, and it will rate higher than any baseball game. It's true, higher than the World Series. The NFL draft ratings on cable are higher than the World Series ratings on Fox. And that tells you all you need to know about where Major League Baseball is and where the NFL is. Coming up, it's, I, I'm going to try to stay not prisoner of the moment, but I think I saw the goat last night. I'll explain. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One zero two one FM, thirteen fifty ESPN, Des Moines. I'm Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. All right, real quick tonight, Drake and Southern Illinois, the uh, the Arch Madness, Missouri Valley Conference tournament coming up eight o'clock for the broadcast. Michael Admire has the tip for you at eight thirty, and if they win, they'll play tomorrow at five against the winner of Valpo and Missouri State. Meanwhile, the women will play tomorrow morning. Don't forget, Hunter Phillips has the call eleven thirty against Indiana State right here on your home for the Drake Bulldogs. ESPN Des Moines, and we may have some NBA thrown in there. I would tell, listen, just turn the radio on. We could have three games on tomorrow. We could have the Drake women, Drake men, and then the Warriors and Lakers at night will definitely have. And then we might get Phoenix and Milwaukee on Sunday. Just, just don't turn your radio off, all right? Just, we, we're going to have sports. If you want sports, you want live sports, we got it. Two things getting out of here. Uh... Kira, you asked me how the hot chip challenge went earlier this week. Yes. We are raising. How'd it go? We are raising money for <laughs> the Walking Fed. It is our big food drive for the Food Bank of Iowa over on Laser. I do the morning show over there, Heather and Wicket, and um, I said I would do the hot chip challenge, which is that one chip from was it Packy Chips or whatever. It's twenty dollars. Uh, you buy one chip, it comes in a box shaped like a coffin. And then inside, it's wrapped in foil. And I said I would do it if we got to $2,000 raised. And that happened in about 40 minutes because people wanted to see me in pain. Um, so 600 bucks, I think we raised in like 40 minutes, 35 minutes, something along those lines. I hate hot food. I hate spicy food. Jalapenos are too hot for me. All right. Medium wings at Buffalo Wild Wings are too hot for me. 
Oh. I have oh. never. This thing is 1.6 million on the Scoville scale. Mm hmm. Comparison, a yellow pepper, which I can have a few of, are 300. Oh, this, this was 1.6 million. This is how you know it was bad because clearly you did research. You did your homework I did on it. I did a lot. And memorized facts for it. It's Carolina Reaper pepper and scorpion pepper. Mm -mm. Hottest thing of it. I, I will never do it again, but I did it because I promised I would if we raised more money for kids. I mean, I went back and watched the video. I was shaking. I was crying. I don't remember it all because I think there was a moment when I blacked out because it was so hot. But you're supposed to eat this chip, see how long you can stand. No, I ate the chip. Mouth goes on fire. Um... Started hammering milk and ice cream to cool my mouth off. I ate a pint of ice cream in like eight minutes. Mm -hmm. Didn't care. Organic ice cream. I watched the video. Oh, you did watch the video. I did okay. watch the video. All right. Um, and then everyone asks, how are you the next day? Everything was going fine till 4 a.m. the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to describe <laughs> the evacuation process, oh, but it no. was... I've never <laughs> felt pain like that in that area before, so... I don't recommend it unless you want to torture yourself, the hot chip challenge. But donate, if you can, if you extra bucks to our, uh, our food drive, laser1033.com. So the other thing that happened yesterday, I saw the Batman. The new Batman the movie. Batman? The, the movie is called The Batman <laughs> with Robert Pattinson, who you know as a shiny vampire from the Twilight <laughs> movies. Uh, or Cedric Diggory. From or Cedric Diggory from Goblet of Fire. All right, yeah, yeah. The right. only notable Hufflepuff in the whole he is. movie. So, <laughs> I got done watching. I saw it over at Flick's Brew House over at Merle Hay. And I'll tell you this. I try not to see every movie and think, greatest movie of all time. I give it a minute to decompress. I give it a drive home to think about it. I go home and I think about when I see a movie. I woke up this morning... The Batman is, no spoilers, I promise, no spoilers. The Batman with Robert Pattinson, it's either as good or better than any other Batman movie ever. And that includes The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger. It is dark. He is, you know, you, the famous line from the trailer is, I'm vengeance. Hmm. It is the darkest of all the Batman movies. Uh, Paul Dano, who plays the Riddler is nothing like Jim Carrey's Riddler or the guy that played the Riddler, I can't remember his name, in the Adam West version of the Batman uh, show 50 years ago. It's, it's dark. It's disturbing. There was kind of a point at the, in the movie where I'm like, God, I can see copycats trying to do stuff like this. Like, I don't... I almost got worried. Like, it's a movie, and people need to remember <clears throat> that it is a movie... And I think it might be better than Dark Knight because the Dark Knight was great because of Heath Ledger. Christian Bale was a good Batman, but when Christian Bale talked, it was always like this. And I hated that. This movie is great because Robert Pattinson is a great Batman. He's a, he's a good Bruce Wayne. He's a really great Batman. There's this internal struggle that goes on with him that he does such a good job of portraying... Uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter, is it Zoe? Mm -hmm. She plays Catwoman. Mm -hmm. Colin Farrell plays the Penguin. John Turturro is in the movie. Uh, the guy who plays Alfred, I can't remember his name, but he's also in the MCU. 
Um, it, the overall cast, the, the, the cinematography, the coloring of it, the music, the sound in it is unbelievable because it's, it's all edited and mixed so, so well. I know people think I'm just blowing smoke. I think it's the best. If it's not number one and The Dark Knight is the best Batman movie ever, then this is right there behind it. It's getting the best scores any Batman movie ever has on Rotten Tomatoes. There's a great cliffhanger end. Won't say it. It's so damn good, Kira. Are you a Batman fan? Will you see this one? Batman is my favorite DC superhero. All right, I want your report next week. You're going to see it this weekend, next week. (laughs) All right, I need to know if I'm crazy for thinking this, if I am truly prisoner of the moment, because it's that good. It's two hours and 55 minutes, and I didn't pee. Wow. And that's a lot for a 40-year-old man. (laughs) Way to go. I drank... One and a half big lemonades from the Flix Brew House. Didn't pee one time. It never drags. It's, it's just so good. I, I don't want to talk. I can't talk about it because it's been out for like 12 hours. So I can't spoil anything. I, won't, I definitely won't. I won't even talk about Spider-Man No Way Home yet. That came out in December. Mm. But I, two thumbs up. Three and a half, four stars, whatever. It's as good, oh, if three, not better. Three and a half or four. It's as good, if not better, than The Dark Knight. Mm. And the Dark Knight was great. I think the ba- Pattinson's right there with. I think Michael Keaton was the best Batman. I think Pattinson's right there, if not better. He was a good Bruce, a different kind of Bruce Wayne, a disturbed kind of Bruce Wayne. But it's just it's, and it sets up if you're a DC fan. There's rumors of the Court of Owls. If you're a DC fan, you'll understand what that means. If you're not a DC fan. Then you just play along, and when you <laughs> see, when you see it, then you can you know, and that gives nothing away in the film. Absolutely nothing away in the film. It's just so so damn good. So two thumbs up. Go see the Batman. Don't thumbs up for the Batman. Thumbs down for the hot chip challenge. Okay, that's where we're at. Right. That was my week. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first full week getting back uh, after having COVID nineteen. Uh, show is over. Thank you so much for listening. We I, I definitely appreciate it. If you missed it, want to hear it again, it'll be up on the uh, the podcast page, ESPNDesMoines.com. Make sure you subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. We put it out there as well. Thanks to Kira for putting us on the air. Drake in Southern Illinois tonight. Michael Admire at 8 right here on ESPN Des Moines. Oh, yeah, just crank this up. Have a good weekend.